<gasps> what? There's another Bruce Boudreaux article. No. You want to hear what Quinn Hughes said? No. He said you want to run through a brick wall for him. Why do they all keep saying they want to do this? Is this a thing for them? <laughs> Well, didn't Bruce first say, I think they would run through a brick wall for me? And Quinn Hughes is like, you know we would I run would. through a brick wall. Do it right now. Which one? <laughs> Point at the wall. Welcome to You Can't Do That, a podcast about hockey. I'm Kelly, and the Taylor Swift karaoke song I'm giving to a hockey is I'm giving Look What You Made Me Do to Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> I think it's the perfect song for uh-huh. him. I like that. Uh, I'm Eva, and the Taylor Swift karaoke song I'm going to give to a hockey player is I'm going to give 15 Jacob Frana, because he's just a little baby boy. He's only 15. He just was born yesterday. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, let him sing a nice little song. Um, I'm Rave, and the Taylor Swift karaoke I'm giving to a hockey is uh, Wildest Dreams, and I'm going to give it to... No, you can't do that one. I can't? No. Why? I will will tell you next. God damn it. sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let me me recalibrate then. I guess we'll go with um, reputation, and I guess we'll give it to Tom Wilson. But it's a, that's a very basic answer, and it's not really—it's not where my heart was. I'm sorry for taking your uh, your no, heart please. away, but it was brought to this you is the second time in our lives, babe. <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, this. <laughs> This little segment was brought to you by the NHL's manic pixie dream girl, Trevor Zegras, whose karaoke song is apparently Wildest Dream Shut! by Taylor Swift. Reactions? Did I know this? I think I knew this I did tell you this level. a couple days ago. This is some bullshit. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of that little blonde bitch. And by that, I mean, I want four more of him. I saw him singing along to You Belong With Me yes. on a camera at the game. That was good enough for me. Wildest Dreams is just such a good deep cut. I was going to give it, by the way, to Dylan Strom. Oh, uh, because I want him to sing You'll See Me in Hindsight, burning it down. That's so good to me. Well, there's lots of X songs. There's lots of good know. X songs, but... Uh, but oh, I just I mean, I to love... really, really it's dig so... the knife in, you could do have him sing Closure. I don't know that one. That's too deep. Dig it in and twist. (laughs) Check out the uh, lyrics if you haven't heard it. Because if you think about that as Connor McDavid uh, related, then oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, the uh, the Taylor Swift girlies on Twitter found out about the video of of Trevor Zegras singing along to um, You Belong With Me at the game. And there was a lot of uh, cultural interchange online about it. I really appreciated it. I thought it was some nice crossover. The Taylor Swift girlies got to find out. No, he he fucking loves Taylor Swift. His Taylor Swift song is karaoke. His karaoke song, Wildest Dreams, is number one artist, Taylor Swift. He's in it. He's in the mix. And I'm just... That's beautiful uh. intertextuality, I would say, off the internet. Um, I would also like to make the point that while the stream isn't like a fully deep cut, but it's deep enough that I respect it. Yes, exactly. Like it That's not a surface level. A- That's not a single, you know? <laughs> I think it was a single because remember it had that insanely embarrassing music video. She does music video for a lot like, of the why? songs that aren't always singles too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really remember. But what's important is that it was Trevor Zegras, and I couldn't Zegras. think of a better 
person to make it into Taylor Swift fandom than Trevor Segrist as a hockey. He'll be so happy to be there. Is that why he's trying to hunt down Travis Konechny? Is that is oh. he trying to pull him into his little Taylor web? Is that That's what, what his plan is? I like that. Anyway, <laughs> today we will be uh, blocking porn bots around the league. <laughs> We will be renovating the Canucks corner. It's getting a huge extension. Aye. And we are, will be also playing Pictionary with Austin Matthews in a surprisingly fun game. Surprisingly intense and charming. Yeah. But before we begin, we are on Patreon.com at You Can't Do That. $3 per month gets you a bunch of weird good bonus content and it helps cover our operating expenses so we can keep yelling into these mics. This mic is really extra nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really appreciate that many of you guys made that possible. So thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, For our warm-up, we have a listener question. Anonymous from Tumblr says, Long time, first time. This porn bot bio generator came across my dash the other day, and now all I can think about is which hockeys for these terrible, terrible bios. If you feel so moved to also contemplate this, your thoughts will be very much appreciated. So we're going to take a little look at this generator, and you're going to tell me which hockey. If you're too young or too old for Tumblr, I feel like Tumblr is like this very specific generation. Uh... It is a blogging website that has been the same since 2010. Hell yeah. Um, with only minor alterations. <laughs> but lately, one of the minor alterations is that it's been inundated with porn bots. And uh, like if you'll get a new follower and their bio will... It used to be like Aquarius, Ottawa... Rose emoji. Yeah. And, and, and it would actually just be a porn bot ready to harvest all of your information. Um <laughs> But people are trying to block them all over the place. And as people are blocking them, the porn bots are attempting to learn and get smarter. <laughs> I saw one the other day that was like sports fans. <laughs> it was like a girl's picture and there was something, something sports fan. It's like, I, I really respect the hustle there. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was still on Facebook, they they started branching off into like dude porn bots. But it would say stuff like Harvard doctor man buns and i was like this is just really (laughs) somebody googled female desire and just said well that's about it i think i'm done i did it this gq article has told me everything i need to know goodbye (laughs) i'm sorry babe i have to turn this way so you can't see the porn bot bio i'm not looking our first one is tongue out emoji, just a little girl, penguin emoji. I will kiss, kiss emoji, your girlfriend. Lightning bolt. Hang. <laughs> oh. Well, that's true. That's so true. Well, well. <laughs> it's the penguin emoji. Yeah. Yes. And he is just a little girl. And he will. He's going to smooch her. He will kiss your girlfriend. And you're going to say thank you. Absolutely true. And your girlfriend's on the lightning. He's going to kiss her. This next one, eye roll emoji, you're silly, rabbit emoji, rabbit, <laughs> music clap, worms, recycling, <laughs> blogging from Mariana Trench, peach emoji. <gasps> <laughs> who is this freak? <laughs> you're silly rabbit who loves worms and is blogging from the depths of the ocean. Is it Gino? It's a little bit Gino. It's a little Gino. But it's also like it's a little whimsical for Gino. Like it'd be like if Gino had no pressures to be like observed by the outside world and was just uh-huh. flourishing in his natural environment. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like in a in a specially designed house. Svechnikov? Maybe could be. It might be Andrei Svechnikov. It's not not that he doesn't seem eldritch enough for the Mariana's Trench to me. 
Yeah. No, he's not. You're right. He's too You know basic. who it is a little bit? Tage Thompson. Ooh. A li- just a little bit. I can see that. I can really see that. <laughs> it could be. I don't worms. understand what's happening there, but it is very powerful. No, and it's happening. But it's powerful to be a silly rabbit in the Mariana's Trench. Like, that's not easy. And, I'm not and doing he's it. he's pulling it off. Yeah. I'm certainly not doing it. I'm worms. <laughs> worms. <laughs> just a little girl, I will eat you, Blackheart Emoji. <laughs> Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. There he is. Okay. Ghosting emoji. Marine biologist. Octopus emoji. 100 emoji. I will fix God. <laughs> Nicholas. This is Nicholas Backstrom to me. Yeah. That's that's a hard one to argue. I mean, he he's the only one I can conceivably imagine saying, I will fix God and meaning it. I will fix God. Yeah, it's dead serious. That is not ironic. It's- God exists. I know where to find him and I can fix him. <laughs> the Nicholas Backstrom story. Yeah. It's also the ghosting emoji. Like, it's not the ghost. It's oh, yeah. the one with the little dot, dot, dot lines around the little face and the little blank mouth. Yeah. It just looks physically like Nicholas Backstrom. Amazing. <laughs> Um, edgy strawberry emoji, sword master, white heart. I will stab your girlfriend. There's a lot that this is. This is a lot of them. <laughs> so many. Oh, there's, ooh, my brain is ping-ponging all over the place and it can't calibrate onto anything because I feel like there's something. It's somewhere between. Kucherov. Jack it's Kucherov. Hughes. It is. It's oh, the key to Kucherov. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There uh-huh. it is. That'll do. Uh-huh. That's yeah. That feels good. That feels right. You know what's interesting? I was gonna say it's halfway between Jack Hughes and Matt Barzal, and while I would not have put Nikita Kucherov on that in that gradient, it's yeah. right somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could see them in the same branching family of like genus yeah. species. You know, not directly, but like Kucherov up here, and then like some doodly doodlies, mm-hmm. and then the other ones down here. Exactly. You know, I feel like my head was being drawn to california but i couldn't geolocate where but i kind of like associate the california and the florida team so i think this this Mm. feels good it's like you're not real places guys come on i could see this as the la kings in general yes they will stab your girlfriend (laughs) they are edgy they've already stabbed your girlfriend (laughs) they definitely stabbed your girlfriend (laughs) and she was kind of asking for it (laughs) she kind of loved it i like that the theme of a lot of these is doing something to your girlfriend yeah this one is actual Satan. What's up? Devil emoji. Rooster emoji. I will fix your ass. Fire emoji. It's koozie. It's koozie. Ooh. He won't fix anything. That's ironic. <laughs> I want to say Tito. I want to say Tito. Ooh. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why, but it feels great to me. I'm sorry, but it is also Maddie Kachuk. I know this is too many, but he he is actual Satan. Mm. Wait, is it Claude? Well, the rooster emoji tells me a little bit it is. Maybe it is I think it's Claude. so many of them. This is this a fun is a one. lot of hockeys. I like it. This is it. a good one. A you rich would text. think this was a specific one that only a few, but honestly, <laughs> of all of these, this is the one I could describe to the most NHL players. <laughs> yeah, good. fascinating. And they're not terrifically similar either. No. No. Fascinating. And yet, it could work. Science is so mysterious sometimes. It, uh, it really is. All right, last one for today. No mouth emoji. I am God. I emoji wine emoji smoking. 
white heart blogging from my swamp. Austin. Austin Matthews was 100% who I was going to say. 100%. Before we even finished, that was who I was going to say. So, yep. Shit, that's so good. Yeah. No. He's vlogging from his... I am God, I wine. <laughs> Smoking blunts. Vlogging from my swamp. And it's unfortunately why I will never shake him fully as a little gremlin on my back. <laughs> it's why we're all a little Matthews pills. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> who can resist vlogging from his swamp? Certainly not Eva. <laughs> Well, let's get started, friends. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with the Washington Capitals. So, we it is Sunday, what? January 22nd, and last night, something not that chill <laughs> happened in Las Vegas. They don't know about but it. But I didn't know what happened, because I couldn't see it, so it wasn't there. <sighs> don't know what it was. I think if we pretend it didn't happen, then it didn't. I yeah. don't think the Caps knew it was happening at the they time. They certainly did not. The they Caps not did not play attention. like they were present. They were not there. I had no idea it was happening. So I just assumed that that's the same thing for everyone. And I think that's fair policy yep. with the Washington Capitals in general. Just assume they don't know what's happening. Yes. Yeah. I they don't. They absolutely don't. No one does. <laughs> it's how we're doing this whole season. That was like the vibe. <laughs> Yeah, you just come back to yourself the next morning and you go, I wonder what that was. Better check it out and see. One really good thing happened, right? That I know we will talk yes, about. Yes, uh, which I think is related to what I think the overall theme of this segment of the season is, which is the time when Nicholas Backstrom comes back and the rest of the Caps say, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> my dad really is, is We knew it was going to happen like friggin' clockwork. Mm-hmm. Put a, put a paternal figure in the room and we are going to fall down and lose our minds. Yep. Looks like we don't have to do dishes anymore. <laughs> no. Nicholas Backstrom was the only player in the game last night. And the reason why I know that is because Nicholas Backstrom did some Nicholas on Nicholas crime. Mm-hmm. Got it. In mm-hmm. a fight. Uh, my favorite part about the fight. Obviously, I love when Nicholas gets in a little slap fight. This is wonderful news. What's even better news is when Tom Wilson comes back barreling in from 50 feet away, hurling his gloves off. No, 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 let me do it. I want to do it. It's just, it's so good. He's being held back by the reps. He's like, don't you fight him. And meanwhile, the medical staff somewhere is just like, you're both fucking like brittle. Stop. (laughs) There's no bones in either of your bodies. So maybe somebody else could take this one. No. Okay. I like to imagine at the tail end of that fight when the ref was kind of whacking his finger (laughs) in the face of Nicholas Backstrom. If 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 you know stuff about motorsport, you know that gif of Charles Leclerc getting his finger wagged at. I don't watch motorsport, but I have the internet, so I have seen it. That's the vibe I got. But I like to imagine he was being lectured about his hip. <laughs> He's like, bitch, you just got back. Um, and also what's important to know is that Nick Dowd is out. And that's a pretty important center. And Alex Ovechkin is out. And he's a pretty important guy as well. Interesting facts. This is the 48th time in Obi's 18-year career that he's missed a game. And the it's only the 28th time he's missed it due to injury. First, that seems like a lot Let's like for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen for some context real quick. Okay, so of the 2004 draft, uh, that's his draft, Blake Wheeler has the second most games played for that draft. He has missed 286 oh. games. Well, He's the second most of that draft. Wow. Class. That's The fourth bit. most is Gino. 
And Gino missed 34 games last season alone. <laughs> wow. Which is more than Ovi has for injury at all. Gino loves to miss games, though, to be fair. He sure does. So he can come he back. Does. <laughs> yeah. A year later, Andre Kopitar has the most games of the played of the 05 draft year. He missed 106 games. And Eric Stahl has the most games played for the 03 draft class, and he has missed 76 games, which is still significantly more than Obi's 48. I just wanted to point that out because he's wow, a freak. Wow, thank you. He is a freak of nature. That's disgusting. What? Stop going. Don't go to work. Like, I understand what you're doing, but you don't have to go to work that often. Like, take a sick day sometime. <laughs> it really emphasizes how many games are in an NHL season. It's so many. There's a lot. so many games. I always think about it must be wild to be, like, an NFL person and have, like, 12 games to watch of your team a oh year. Gosh. Like, oh, that's... That's a lot of pressure. pressure. I know. It's yeah. a lot. Every game is suddenly important and matters. Disgusting. Barely any games matter to no. me. That's I want how games it to be. be yeah. a stick of gum. You just chew it and you're done. <laughs> chew it over. Taste it. Start in September and then not really be distinguishable uh-huh. in any way through the rest. Like, I too, no, I don't have time for that. So true. And also what I think is such a freak show about Ovi is that when he was playing in world juniors, people were saying he wouldn't last as an NHL player if he kept playing in that style where he just like <laughs> trucks over people. Well, like 20 years later, here he is. <laughs> Let's check in. You know, when people are like, well, the moose will definitely go extinct <laughs> soon. And it's like, I don't think they will. Like, I get why you say that. But they're not built <laughs> to go extinct. They just, they're just not going to. Good luck, though. They're literally built different. <laughs> yeah. now can i propose an ov theory yes please might this just be antics of a man who does not want to go to the all-star game (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised well a huge percentage of those games missed were penalties for missing the all-star that was another thing i was thinking about i was like because i know some of those were ones when he did not go to the all-star game and they said you're (laughs) Punishment for skipping school is you have to be suspended. And he said, oh, no, don't do it. Oh, no. (laughs) My vacation's even longer now. Oh, dang. (laughs) Well, you know what? One thing he did attend was there was a Rock the Retro concert at the 930 Club. Don't start with this. Yes, I'm going to start with this. Have we not talked about this? I don't remember talking about the uh, intricacies of this. We didn't talk about it. It was messed up. I can't believe we didn't. So Actually, I can because I don't want to. (laughs) There was a Dylan Strom video. Don't. It's so good. Yeah, which is so good. But what's really important about the Dylan Strom video is that they follow him throughout his life or whatever, but they follow him to the Rock the Retro concert uh, where, A, he proposes that he wears Obi's jersey on the stage and then decides oh no i won't but then he tells obi about it flirtatiously later obi's like i would have signed it for you i had this crazy idea oh my god like what if i like but like just kidding unless (laughs) i was gonna wear the i'm just gonna wear the obi jersey i think no yeah yeah uh and then they were playing a game of there's a couple of current caps and a couple of former caps and the game is like guess the song and they bring up the song. Brent Johnson is like, it's Sir Mix a lot. I like Big Bust and I cannot lie. And they're like, yeah, totally. And Dylan Storm is like, one second, Wait. one second. I think that might be the wrong name of the song. Uh, and he has said in the like interview, the behind the scenes interview thing that 
his daughter got a little Santa Claus that has like a big butt. And if you click the hand, it sings Baby Got Back. <laughs> and so Dylan Strum correctly identified the name of the song as the Baby name Got Back. Is Baby Got Back. And it's not called I Like Big Butts. Obi shrieked in joy. <laughs> oh my God. I, I just... hate the fa- There's so much here. The fact that his daughter has a big butt Santa that dances to Baby Got Back. There's a the bunch fact- of Santas that she has. I've seen a line of Wow. Them. And the, that he's reading the back of the box of the Santa that says Baby Got Back and it's not called I Like Big Butts. And he filed that away. And just the overall, like, have you ever seen The Office UK? <laughs> like, I know that my beautiful wife is not because it's too embarrassing to watch, but there is a famous scene about whether Spock, like whether the correct answer to a trivia question about who is the Vulcan character on Star Trek is Spock. And Ricky Gervais's character is like, he's half Vulcan. <laughs> and that to me has the same mm-hmm. energy. Oh, wow. As this. It's just his transformation into odd dad has been so tremendous and phenomenal. Yes. And that's like the confidence of being like, aha, actually, I know the correct name of the song. Of course yes. I've learned it from my daughter's giant assed Santa. <laughs> Let me like what? But like of course. But what? It's so good. That whole video is it's unbearable. Awful. It other news from that video is that Dylan's daughter goes to gymnastics class with Connor Aww. Sherry's daughter. And actually, they go to a lot of different classes, like baby classes together. And they look so similar. Everyone asks if they're twins. <sighs> they should pretend to be. Every baby on the Cavs is kind of twins with every other baby You do get assigned a BFF you, as a baby. Yeah. Like, we talk exactly. a lot about how you join the Caps and you get assigned a wife, uh-huh. but also you join the Caps and have a child, and that child is also assigned a playmate. <laughs> and I think that's nice. It's, <laughs> that like, it's, nice. it's like a communal feel to it, you know? Uh-huh. That's <laughs> so it takes true. a village. You sure do. Or a hockey team to raise a child. <laughs> that was the Dylan Strom update I had for you Yuck. guys. Ugh. Um, He's thriving. I hate Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, I think we've all been strong-pilled so hard at this point that I will be absolutely devastated if we don't resign him. I really will. <laughs> I will really be genuinely so sad and I upset. will cry actual <laughs> tears. I hate it. It wasn't really a, a potentiality I had braced myself for in the long the long run of things was for him to like <sighs> come and be great and to like no. fit in and be well-rounded and mentally no. well and thrive. I wasn't prepared for this. No. His role is to be my ironic little rat boy yeah. that I keep on a keychain. That's where that's where the lightning strikes. Like that's my lightning rod. And now I love the lightning rod and I'm afraid that lightning is going to strike the lightning rod again as it so often is wont to do. But the lightning rod yeah. is doing so good lately. <laughs> Oh. He's doing so well. Because he's scoring multiple gold games. He's I having know. a fun He's time. a fucking, he's just personally, professionally, he's just, he's crushing it. And it's amazing. I love to see him, that goal he got in the game, I think the game before this, with that assist from Kuzi. Oh, where yes. he's just like, yes. what? He gives Kuzi like a kind of like, hey, you, this guy. And I, like, there's a very, guess they just let anyone in these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <Yes>. well. <laughs> And it's really good. It feels really, really good. 
It's the same feeling I get when I look at, like, Joe B, and I'm just like, those guys are friends. Yep. Those are straight up yep. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except and I know it's team. not just us weird freaks who are liking him, because my boss the other day said, ah, yeah, that uh, that Dylan Strom, really liking his play. Hmm. So. so if maybe everyone had been listening to Eva from <laughs> the very beginning when we were all saying, like, <laughs> he's going down to the Arizona AHL team, when a loser. And I was like, yes, and... <laughs> watch this space (laughs) (laughs) wow you know late bloomer but he he's really bloomed pretty well good job buddy i (sighs) hope we keep him forever i do too i'm being personally vindicated in a lot of like grudges and personal uh, that's true and like things that i've like being appreciated so it's just it's it's very nice to see myself being finally it's i think all of us have some people that we have been right about for years and years and years and preaching and saying and saying and preaching. And finally, we're getting the do from the scientific community that we deserve. <laughs> Good for us. Good, Good for, for us. us. We're, we're always the real right. winners. <laughs> we are always right. But you know who is never right? It's Laviolette. Oh, no. uh, oh, um, and the reason why he's never right is honestly not entirely his fault this time. I don't totally blame him for this. It's that how do you do those lines i don't like once tom and nikki came back it's like what the Mm. fuck do you do with these but it was like that before like he's he's been in this kind of line shuffling mode and i do get it because he has so extra bad chaos muppets on this team there's so many people that it's just like are you bad is this your fault like i understand if i had to coach koozie for instance i would be like let's try something different you have an added you have a you have an aptitude for new stimulation. So maybe if I move you around a little, if I throw this up in the air, it'll come down good. Because it does sometimes come down real good. Uh, but then it it doesn't anymore. The, and it, The issue to me comes down to the fact that there's at minimum five centers. Yeah. And in NHL hockey, there are four lines and each line plays a certain purpose. But if you've got five centers and three of them could play on the top line, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> Because if, if you've got Nikki, you've got Dylan Strom, who's been playing in the top line. You've got Kuzi. Those are all top line centers. But you only have one, maybe two top lines, right? Uh, but you still have to do the third and the fourth line. Lars Eller is usually the third line center, right? And the fourth line center is usually Nick Dowd. What the fuck now are what? you going to do, though? Because are you going to scratch Kuzi? Yeah, sometimes. You're going to be maybe. like, are you going to scratch Dylan Strom? You gotta, because again, there's too many centers. Are you going to play one of them on the wing? Yeah, I thought Dylan Strong was going to move to the wing. Well, he has been kind of moving back and forth, but he's better as the center. Well, look who's the little (laughs) (laughs) multi-threat. I do think that it's fun that we've had some healthy scratches lately. That always adds to the drama, which is what I'm here for. And so to see, for example, an Anthony Manthony get healthy scratched and then be like, this is my fault. I take responsibility. I'm a big boy. I gotta be better. And then have Lars Eller be scratched for being a bitchy little European and just be silent as far as I know about it. Well, Did he, part of it he is, it's the center. It's the center's issue. It's the yeah. center's issue again. And, and when you look at the centers, which of these are freaking control freaks who, even if you put them on the wing, would still play center? Like, could you possibly imagine Nikki not being in charge of his line? Could you possibly imagine Koozie not being in charge of his line? Could you imagine Lars not being in charge of his line? And honestly, can you imagine Nick Doubt not being in charge no, of his line? No, you can't. To be honest with you. Well, 
What's to it, be honest. What are you going to do? Relinquish control to Garney? He just, Garney, just tell him what to do yeah, and like let you, him go. You could put them on the wing, but it's not a good idea. <laughs> you know? Oops, too many bitches. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we have so many forwards and none defensemen, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, like, give Peter the Violet some, like, grace because he, it is fully just a rotating cast of injuries at this point and just being, yes. like, so Els is playing this uh, switch game that she calls her anime chess and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's called fire emblem uh i don't play it but i have learned a lot about it and she was telling me recently that she was like trying to do this battle like you set up your little guys and then they battle you know it's turn-based combat anyway she said i was fighting this one thing and like anytime you attack it just rearranges everybody on the battlefield and i feel like that's how like the lines are at the catch mm, right now. True. Like you try and put it down and then all of a sudden there's just like a swirl of like purple smoke and all of a sudden people are in different places and like their limbs are attached the wrong way. It's just, it's not good. But also like, what are we doing? Like <laughs> it's okay to panic and not know what you're doing, but you, you have to like have a veneer of pretending that you do. And I feel it slipping. Yeah. No, he's just pressing shuffle, shuffle, yeah. shuffle, shuffle. Yeah. All the time. I will say he gave this interview. Did you guys read about this where he said, first of all, that he's found Obi to be very coachable. He was like Everyone very defensive <laughs> in advance to be like, he's actually very coachable and like you can call him in and talk to him about anything. But he also says that Obi is a yeller. <laughs> and he says, he said, yeah. he said something like, you know, I sometimes I get frustrated and I'll start to yell. And I do think that that would be very frightening to me if Peter the Violet started yelling. I wouldn't like I wouldn't like that. That wouldn't feel good. Like, if Bruce starts like, yelling at you, you're like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but I think there's something about the, you know, yeah. you want him to, he he needs to have a kind of calm energy. I feel like that's where his strength lies, right? Is in being like the teacher that's just like, okay, get it out of your system. Are we done? Okay. So if we're getting to a point where he's he's yelling and yeah. throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, that that's it's not ideal. It's not my ideal thi- energy. Yeah, my thing with coaches yelling is the same thing I have with teachers yelling. Is what do you do after that? Mm. That leaves you with nowhere to go. Uh, if you yell and it doesn't work, you're fucked. Oh. You know, like it's just not a good idea. So if a coach is yelling, I'm like they might be on their way out the door pretty soon unless their usual tempo is yelling in which case like i guess you just live there if you're john tortorella it's like what do i do after that i yell more thanks yeah for i mean louder. if your regular volume is yelling i guess that's fine but it's still it's still like you have nowhere to go after that you have no level or you have no like threat level or whatever anyway. then you just start killing people yeah <laughs> Anyway, that's what I have for the Washington Capitals. We are clinging on with the skin of our teeth to that (laughs) playoff spot. (laughs) Ha ha ha. We'll see you where we are the next time we check in. In fact, once you guys listen to this podcast, please let us know. Are we still still in a playoff spot? Because we might not be. We are on Sunday. I don't know if we will be during the week. We'll find out. Uh, let's move on. Because Wait, we I, have one more Caps thing really, really fast. I'm so sorry, but it's just important to me that we all know that Christian Juice crashed his car into a pole <gasps> while he was with Caps and That's Tom funny. Wilson told everybody about it. The end. I do. That <gasps> is that is news we can use. Is there any You're more welcome. details? <laughs> um, one moment, please. I just saw the headline on RMMB this morning and, uh, and I just, I needed to make sure that we all know that it happened. I miss him. So Tom Wilson gave a little, uh, interview in which first of all he talked about i don't know why they would have talked about this but they were talking about 
the parking garage and how when they go into the parking garage at MedStar, which is where they practice, it has a lot of twisty turnies and you go up like eight stories of twisty turnies. Uh, and he was asked by the morning show if the winding drive has ever been a challenge for him or his teammates to the tight corners on turns or dizziness produced by driving in a circle for eight floors. Great question. Thank you, interviewer, for your, <laughs> your searing insight. Uh, and Tommy said, we get pretty good at it, obviously, going in and out of there every day. Anytime I'm driving with somebody that hasn't been there, like my family, they're like, holy smokes, how do you fly down this ramp so quick? But you get the hang of it. It's tough at the end of the year. Once you have an end of the year party or something and you're a little hungover, then it gets a little tricky. That's the setup. Uh, and then he said, I think the one guy that I know for a fact that's crashed is Christian Juice. <laughs> He had a little incident where he came out of the bottom wrap and drove into a pole or something at the end of it. A little incident. <laughs> so that's the tale. First of all, I can't stop thinking about how we realize that he has raised my grandparent yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. He does. He talks like such a goof. Yeah. He's so weird. <laughs> He's like the easiest thing to me is driving in a circle. Are you kidding me? I could drive in circles all day. Like I, it's like finally you've asked me about something I'm an expert in. I'm amazing at this. Like, it's just like the dumbest man in the world. Like, yes, I can turn my steering wheel a little bit right. I can keep doing that for as long as you want. I'd stop. I can keep going. I can go faster. I can go slower. What do you want? I'll do it. I've pretty much figured it out. <laughs> I've pretty much crushed it. I've got it. I've got it all of the angles. But Kristen Juice, who actually has three brain cells to rub together, thought about it too much and crashed into a pole. And that's a lesson for all of us, especially me, who just got my learner's permit <laughs> <laughs> at the age of 30. How old am I? 38. 37. I don't know. Uh, our next category is just the Canucks Corner. As I've said before, we need to add an extension to the Canucks Corner this week because there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to go on. It's just been a very long month for us this week. Um, so I have to resign from the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I have to turn in my resignation to this team. And I think almost every fan of the Vancouver Canucks is on this little boat we're on, just like fleeing the shores of Vancouver, being like, please take us to Anaheim or some shit. I don't care. Uh, because as it turns out, management really is as bad as we all thought. So, um, well, possibly worse. Yeah. <laughs> this morning, um, this morning at 9.30, Bruce Boudreaux uh, was finally taken into the office for a private meeting and fired, even though he is down for the last two weeks or longer that he is fired. And in fact, this situation has been going on since the end of last season when uh, Jim Rutherford was like, he's not my choice and I don't really love what he's doing. And they just like left him in there to hang this entire time. Because apparently Jim Rutherford said he didn't know about the option for the extension. Which sounds like a he's telling on him own self there. <laughs> like if that's true, then that's a you problem. You honey, that's your job. Yeah, that is literally your job. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, are you the manager of this fucking team? Jesus are you the manager Christ. of this Wendy's? What is going on? <laughs> You're the president or whatever the fuck. I don't care what your title is. I hate you, Jim Rutherford. I'm a Jim Rutherford truther in that um, <laughs> this is my flat earth friends. <laughs> it is. It's actually, yeah. My flat earth theory about Jim Rutherford is that him doing this to Brudro is very belated caps and pens violence Ooh, because this is her think Louis about Tomlinson's it think about it fake think about it <gasps> think about Do it. your own research rick tockett uh was a pens assistant coach just saying mm. i'm just saying <laughs> mm. i'm just saying that he is look with your eyes he's bouncing boudreaux out the door who boudreaux by the way has a pretty decent record he's bouncing him off the out, out the door for a guy with a worse record in his career uh, a guy with a gambling problem. I mean, sorry, but like that's something. And his his Twitter likes are a cesspool. He's a <sighs> Trump supporter, uh, and he's just all around. I don't really think people are clamoring for him, and he doesn't get teams to the fucking playoffs. Yeah, her, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he's there like that's the one. Like Rick, there it is. Whoa. <sighs> no, and also uh, a very important context for this is a tweet that I think sums up this entire situation in Vancouver and uh, it is from a man named Jason Brown (laughs) at Sad Club Comish Tockett must be absolutely terrified right now it's going to be like introducing mom's new boyfriend to a fan base full of angry teenagers who miss their dad It's oh that's true I hope you guys do a really good job of bullying him yeah please bully him he badly needs it like bully him the right way yeah Bully him in that way that confuses old, you know, like when you when a middle aged man gets bullied online and it makes him even madder because he doesn't understand it. Yes, do that. Yes, make it confusing. Yes. So when this whole situation started to brew up, I was afraid to really look into it too much because I was like, this is going to make me feel bad and sad because Bruce Boudreaux is a good guy and like I was afraid it's going to be like a like let's bully this old man situation. But actually Vancouver's turned it around and it's turned into let's fucking bully this organization situation because uh, last night the Vancouver Canucks uh, played the Oilies and Boudreaux was, it was his last, basically going to be his last coaching his last time coaching the Canucks. But here's the thing. No one in the organization had fucking talked to him. Not a single word about this. He, ha- No one had talked to him about this, but he knew it was his last day. He knew it was his last... Everyone knew. Everyone has known for weeks. Uh, but the entire crowd this week has been going to the bat for Bruce Boudreaux. They have, like, we stand with Bruce signs. They're, they're chanting, Bruce, there it is. They did a, a standing ovation at the end of the game. Bruce Boudreaux cried. He, like, touched his heart one time, which, by the way, was actually an Ovi reference. It was like he got it from that. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that we can really say no, that he said, heart. he said oh, it he himself. Said? This is a quote from him. I was about to get to that. Uh, so oh, me of little thing. In an interview, this this wasn't last night's game. It was a game before that. Uh, he was asked about the time he like touched his heart when the crowd was chanting. And he said, you guys see everything, don't you? Oh, my God. I was actually thinking of Ovi. Oh. And when I saw him in the warm-up when he did it to me, I was trying just to do it slightly. But you guys catch anything? No. So that was actually genuinely. You're always thinking about Ovi Bruce, we know. Yes, and not it's not just the the fans who are going to the bat for him, which, by the way, I really appreciate, and I I like that. That's very nice. But it's also like the players, and not just players on his team, players in other teams too. Uh, 
I think it was Andrew Cogliano was basically like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I hate it. He gave a whole thing about how this was unacceptable. And he's right. And he's completely, he's completely right. Um, and Bruce Brudo is like known as a, like a player's coach and all that kind of stuff because, you know, he came up in the caps just letting them do whatever the hell they wanted. Uh, but I... He's been really backing the guys this whole time. The The reason why he didn't like the Bruce There It Is chant when it first came up is because he felt like it wasn't giving the players enough credit. Bro. And he felt like it's not it's not supposed to be about him. It's Brucey. about the team. Uh, and that's why he didn't like it and why he protested against it. And he didn't want people to do it at first. But now he's like, oh, it's really nice. Uh, and he said in, in his last press conference, the guys gave it their all. And I'm so proud of them. Every one of them. People don't realize how bad they want to win. And when they don't win, they're so upset with themselves. But they come and they work every day at practice. Uh, it's a great group group of guys that I think Rick Tockett's taking over. Um, and he addressed players before the game, asking them to play hard for him one one last time. Uh, no. Stop. Oh, my God. Ouch. Yes. And Ouch. Luke Shen said, I feel like we feel like we let him down after the game because they, they lost the game. Ugh. And Luke Shen was saying, like, he was so, still so upbeat, to, upbeat today, even though everything was terrible was going on. Um, he also was saying like all these nice things that Bruce Boudreaux has been doing. One of the things he's been doing is that in the 14 months he's been coaching for them, which sidebar, he's only been coaching for 14 months and all of Vancouver is obsessed with him. But he would put players numbers on the whiteboard, like randomly, um, and as an invitation to come and speak to the coach. And it was just like to ask about their families and their lives and check in with them, make sure they're okay. And Luke Shen said, quote, it was just real, like real, you know what I mean? Which is... This is the most articulate a hockey player's ever gotten. Oh, I know. Something emotional. Yeah. Br- Bo Can you Horvath imagine the said, first time he did that, though? Like, it's very sweet, but it is also yes. very, like, getting However, an email from your boss that, like, the subject line is, like, can we talk? Yeah. Like, a Friday email that's, like, let's meet Monday morning. <laughs> but he's got he's to pick a really hardened guy to start with. Yes. And once everyone knows what the thing is, right. it's okay. Yeah. Uh, But Bo Horvat said, we all love Bruce as a person. He comes in every day with a smile on his face, coaching to win. Uh, Pedersen said, the city loves him. I know I like him. Boudreau had a... From a Scorpio? He said, I like him. I like him. I like him. I'll say it with my whole chest. I'm not embarrassed. I like him. And honestly... As a Scorpio, I would much rather say that I love someone yes. than that I like them. So yeah, because yeah. it's different. You can love someone and still think they're a fucking idiot who deserves everything they got. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but if you like them, yeah, yeah, that's a very vulnerable thing to say. <laughs> it's very vulnerable. And this is the guy who, when Bruce Boudreaux came into the team, PD was in a horrible Oof. career slump. People were like, "Are he is he ever going to get good he's again?" Bus, blah, he's blah blah. blah blah blah. And now he's again playing in an incredible way. And Bruce Boudreaux apparently had a, a talk with him in the last couple of days saying like, "You are like you can be as good as you want to be." Um <sighs> like your ceiling is like whatever you want it to be. Annoying, stupid, horrible. And Very painful. Like the thing is that the 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 quotes for this keep going and they keep going and it's so sad. It's I listened to like a few minutes from his like press conference after the game and it was unbearable couldn't do it he was like talking about how he was like you know yeah you know when the game was ending you're just kind of standing there taking it in in case it's the last time he kept saying like you know this has been my life for like 50 years and if it is the the last time you just want to appreciate it. And I was just like, I have to go stand outside in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) 
and stare up into the sky with my arms, like my hands clasped behind my back, just frowning. <laughs> just like an old Italian man watching a construction site. Literally. Like, <laughs> Before the game, he was asked in his little press thing, any extra messages to the Canucks players today that he might share with us? It's just another game, Boudreaux quips, waits a beat. What? It's better than crying. Mood. He was also asked, like, how he's been, like, putting up with all this and, like, staying nice and staying, having a nice time. And he said, I'd like to say alcohol, but I don't drink anymore. Oh. <laughs> and he said, the God. one thing is... Weed, weed, weed. <laughs> yes. Weed. I don't, the one thing is I don't think there's anybody that loves the game more than me and will miss the game more when I'm out of it. And I hope I never get out of it. I own a junior team. I might have to fire my kid and coach there. <laughs> <laughs> I... I love that he always ends on a joke. Like even in the pre- like the post games, he was just like to he like before he was walking out, he was like, "See you guys later. See you guys tomorrow. Hopefully." <laughs> and like a very like ah. he's just again, so he doesn't sad. deserve this. No. He doesn't, but in a way, it really brings home like how much happier and more fulfilling his inner life is than mm-hmm. so many like Hockey exactly. dudes who will just never really feel joy and never really feel the love from their community. As awful and unfair as it is, it it does also yes. like it does make you say like, yes, no matter what happens, you are clearly like you're you got your whole heart and your whole dick in there and and whatever yeah. happens next i don't know i don't know i well, just got to look from laura's friend about that and see <laughs> you got your whole dick in there but you don't know is i really depend on the producer's expressions to know if what i just said <laughs> made any sense because i don't know i wasn't paying attention when it came out of my mouth <laughs> all right my point was he's a nice no, man it's nice he's, and yeah it's validating to see someone that you like have kind of gotten the impression of is a good person is getting like largely validated in a way that especially like the hockey community let's be honest not super known for like coming together to be nice like yeah (laughs) but it's just there's (laughs) it's like validating and infuriating to be like look at how many people you're making mad by being mean to one perfect little bruce right now like it's impressive right and, yeah. like, that kindness is rewarded in that way. Like, kindness might not be rewarded by capitalism, but mm-hmm. it is rewarded mm-hmm. by community. Yeah. Yep. Luke Shen said that uh, Bruce Boudreau has a great deal of respect, not only with the guys in the room, but guys who have played prior on other teams that he's coached. Lots and lots of people have reached out to guys in this dressing room from around the league, and they all want to know about Bruce. And they wouldn't do that if he wasn't a good person. So, ugh. He's going to be great wherever he goes, even if Whatever he's he does. coaching this kid's junior team. Yes. <laughs> he would be great job. at that, honestly. <laughs> I would love that. Honestly, dude, take, like a, take a little season to do it. That would be a funny, hilarious break. I think that's what he should do. He should take a pause. Go do that for a while. Take a trotsy time. Yeah. Yeah, go coach a junior team. Maybe have us film it and watch it as a little heartwarming documentary. <gasps> and then so come back nice. to the NHL. Or write a fictionalized version of it, sell that fictionalized version, <laughs> get it made on Netflix. I would watch that too. How about that? Move into original yeah. content, Bruce. Yeah. And I will say from a Gemini perspective, uh, this has been played perfectly. <laughs> Unlike with Gino, like when Evgeny Malkin did his whole like cry tour before he signed his new contract, and he's like, yeah. I would love to stay in Pittsburgh, but only if they'll have me. Um, and everyone was like, oh, 
give Gino all the money. Okay. And and yes. Gino got everything he wanted. Like Gino did that intentionally because he's a Gemini moon. And I I a Gemini knows a Gemini, okay? Um but I think Bruce sorry for this the uh sirens are just telling me I'm right. Bruce police. Bruce police are here. Unlike with Gino, I feel like this is not intentional. Like Bruce Boudreau is not like tailoring his response to like get the maximum amount of sympathy and like all that kind of stuff. Um, I he think is he genuinely not is like being a male manipulator. No, but I approve of this because I think anything that makes Jim Rutherford look terrible is good. Yeah. Uh, and one last quote before we continue to discuss this, but this is the last quote I'm going to do. No promises, actually. I have a lot of <laughs> <laughs> that was a Gemini thing of me to say. I was lying and I knew it. <laughs> Um, that Bruce Boudreau said that, like, it was, like, really different this time to be able to say goodbye to players because normally you find out, like, before. You don't, you don't, you just find out and then you're done, right? He said that unlike other teams, you know, in other teams he's just, like, taken for a long conversation by GMGM and George McPhee has him over at his house and they have a long dinner and he says, uh, you're fired, but I'm so sad about it. And they have a long dinner about it. And then he doesn't go back to the rink and he doesn't, you know, he might say goodbye to the guys another time. Uh, this time he has like the Ugh, whole, he's weeks to do this. Uh, and, and I can see how that can be just like an overwhelmingly emotional experience. And he was saying at the very end, he like tried to speak to the group, but he was crying. Like he couldn't do it. Oh, and so no. it didn't take very long. So players spoke to him instead going one by one into the co no, no. Uh, the coaches the head coach's office to thank him and Boudreaux said we're all crying together which is huh. silly for us men to do sometimes I think they would have went through the through a wall for me and as a coach that's all you can ask for <sighs> and veteran Canuck Curtis Lazar was almost inconsolable uh, managing oh. to say only this is one of the hardest days I've ever had in <sighs> hockey oh you broke these nice boys. Are you proud, Jim Rutherford? <laughs> Look what you've done. I feel so bad for these guys. Clear eyes, oh. full hearts, fucked up. Oh, my. Oh. It's bad, man. Uh, I don't. Oh. No, all I can think about is. I thought you were going to get Rick Tatchett. Yeah, you Tatchett. You're going to get this guy. I mean, he's not going to have a I good day. He's not going to have a good first day. Tatchett. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. Uh, I did approve of one sneaky little thing that Boudreaux yeah. did say about the timing of this. I mean, I don't know the reasoning why I'm still here. But maybe it's because the next games are Chicago, Seattle, and Columbus. But uh, um, uh, for the new group, good luck. Bad teams, basically. He was saying we're going from playing good teams to playing bad teams. It's a good time for a new guy to come in. So that it'll look win. like they're winning. And I think he's completely 100% right about that um, because Rick, like, like Rick Tockett needs to do well in order for like the whole management to look okay. And they look like shit. They look like dog shit from every possible angle. Also, I knew not that the gonna. owner, they're not going to, they're not going to look good. I knew this that the team owner is bad, was getting man. sued, but I did not know until Kelly <laughs> told me this morning that it is by his children. Yeah. So just a great look all around from everybody in, in that leadership oh. group. Boy, the estranged Woof. father special. Love that. Yes. Love it. So the old Elon stuff. Musk. We love to see it. 
I, yeah, and and the reason why this organization has a president along with a GM is to deal with the owner. So Aquilini doesn't. So there's there's a buttress between Aquilini and the GM. That's the whole theory about why they have this at all, and it's clearly not working at all. Uh, so that's fun. Because it's going off without a fucking hitch. Keep plowing ahead. Yeah, no, this is perfect. Yeah, and it just, just keep putting more guys up there. Just get another guy job and get another shitty guy that and and nobody likes. <laughs> I, I, I feel so bad for these guys, man. And it's not the players like there are so many teams whose innate likability is compromised by their own behavior. <laughs> like, but this is a case where it's purely management that is really like ruining everybody's day. You have a beautiful city. You have fun little guys bopping around being guys. But and for to what end? Just just the boss is just ruining it every yeah. day. Yes. For why? For why? For why? To make us all and suffer. And it's not just Boudreaux. That's the worst part. Like this situation is so deep and bad. Yeah. I, I don't think we talked about what happened with Quinn Hughes because it happened like a week ago. Uh, maybe a couple weeks. I don't know. But I, I don't think we talked about it. Uh, where Quinn Hughes called management oh, out for yeah. how they handled Tanner Peterson's injury. Mm-hmm. Was this the one where Jim Rutherford was like, I don't have a problem with what he said. I don't yeah, have a problem with that. He, in the most like my I don't have a problem with that shirt is is raising a lot of questions. Don't put in the newspaper. I got yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about Quinn Hughes is he's been media trained since birth. Like, that bitch, everything he says is media trained as fuck. Uh, and that's pretty much what you hear from every reporter uh, about Quinn Hughes. He doesn't talk like that. Like, a lot of guys sometimes just, like, unleash their mouths and say stuff. Quinn Hughes isn't like that, so he must have been really fucking pissed to say what he did, which is very mild for him, but in Canadian, like, it's pretty intense. Oh, no, he's not Canadian, yes. but you know what I mean. But um, he was speaking in Canadian. Yeah, yeah exactly. The language. Yeah. In the Canadian patois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said... Canadian. Yeah. And, like, what he said was, I feel bad for him about Tanner Pearson. I mean, it wasn't handled properly. And, you know, it's really not a good situation he's got there. And hopefully he's going to be all right. Uh, And it's basically, like, what happened was he first injured his hand, had surgery. um, But it didn't go well. Something went wrong. He had to have surgery again. Now he might have to have a third surgery. (sighs) His season is over. And it was, like, kind of all over the place. um, And just, like, not taken well and he's also an older player nothing and, nice happened to these guys like it, it, when was the last time something nice happened Oof. other than you know everyone crying cathartically in Bruce's office which is long term probably good for you but ugh. I mean maybe having a new coach that they hate will bring them together that's true that does help sometimes because right now they're it's toxic there's something to be had for like if you've been in a really toxic work environment mm. and you know it and even if you're still stuck in it when it becomes like public knowledge there uh-huh. is something that's kind of freeing about that yeah and so maybe that like sense of being like whoa whoa well now we all know what i know <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like, I hope that can just like open up doors to just absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. fucking around with this new coach. It's not, not, not playing by their rules anymore. Yeah. Just being like, this yeah. is some bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. So let it liberate you. The, the hockey is made up. <laughs> it's a made up game for children. And this is a perfect opportunity for a Mrs. Doubtfire situation with <laughs> Bruce Boudreau. Yeah. So yes. that's also another way that we could go if we so choose. 
Now that's so smart. I, I mean, think everybody wins there. Look, we've just hired this new cleaning lady for, <laughs> for the locker room. She's yes. just got an interest in the game. And oh, what's this? Her plays are, they're just crazy enough to work. <laughs> oh, she left something on this dry erase board. She didn't erase the board. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's Thank really you. nice. I would like that for them. I'm just picturing the Tom Wilson doing the pie faces with combining with oh, the when she sticks her face. <laughs> I want to watch. I want to watch the real Mrs. Doubtfires of the NHL. <laughs> yes, big time. Big. We're time. always pitching, and who's picking it up? <laughs> Who is? No one. No one. Uh, that's basically what's going on in Connects Court. I I'm haven't so even scratched sorry. the surface, to be honest. There's there's so much still. I, I don't even... You know what? I just... You all deserve better. I sad. I sad. Mr. Booth <laughs> deserves better. You all deserve better. It sucks so much because they had such a beautiful, like, uplifting moment last season, and now it's just getting, like, absolutely pummeled and... Whatever. And also the thing is, his his uh record is not even bad. I thought Boudreaux's was, like, record is good actually. Like, for his for his uh tenure, yeah. it's one of the best, if I remember. It is. It's like that's 50, 40, that's what 16. I don't understand. It's like not bad. It's like you know the Canucks suck, right? Like he can't yeah. come in and make them magically not suck all of the way anymore. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where like there, it, this is just too much feelings and not enough data. Like, have you ever had a boss who was like, "This is all, this is all being run on feelings, and we need to be running on data." And it just means that, like, they want they want it run on their feelings. Right. That's what it means. Exactly. Who will confirm their feelings? Yeah, they want to take all the coaches out and put in coaches from Pittsburgh, because <sighs> along with Rick Tuckett, allegedly, is coming Sergey Gonchar, noted Capitals traitor, noted abandoner of Alex Seven, <laughs> whom Kelly never of forgave. The Washington Capitals. He asked to be traded that little motherfucker. <laughs> and sorry, Sergey Gontra, I don't actually... I actually do have a problem with him. I can't, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's not his fault, stand but we it. do. No, but it is a good... It's a good dramatic move for the narrative. It is, it is. Unfortunately. Uh, so that's what's going on in the Canucks. I'm just so sorry, babe. Um, I intentionally laid out this outline so that we could follow something really sad with something really special no. but the same amount of crying no, like we can do the this. same crying but in a happy way because pk suban had his little ceremony in montreal did you guys did you guys see that yes did you, I don't did you see what happened did you see who joined mm -hmm. him i saw mm -hmm. a tall I saw handsome figure walk onto the ice and I saw him exchange a special gesture. They, they did exuberant gesture, guys. They did it. Le they, so should we... Um, oh, yeah. Some of you guys might be so young. Yeah, because this is for... This is... <gasps> oh, my God, people. you guys. This is a beautiful, special... When they were little babies, when oh, P.K. Subban and Carrie Price were like young little babies on Montreal. They were both so handsome. They were both so handsome and in love and... Pair bonded. They just bonded with each other so intensely. And at the end of the games, they would do a triple low five as they go and off And it was like the, the most like exuberant big, thing that fun. anyone had seen Carrie Price do because he is still... Yes. And anyone's seen him do since. Yes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, he's still very stone-faced, but like, I feel that baby Carrie Price was like even more like, fuck off. Don't try... 
don't talk about my rosy cheeks. Like just the, the first, <laughs> the first iteration of that. Oh my god! Yeah. And then PK would just come in and be like, "Who's running a party? Carrie loves to party. Carrie loves it when I kiss him in public." Like just constantly <laughs> on his ass. And Carrie Price couldn't not be like, "Oh, he's just getting a fucking smile out of me. He's doing it again." <sighs> and this. Triple low five would be at the end of the game, and it would be like, "Oh, Carrie! Oh, Carrie Price is—he's happy. Oh, okay, he—he's enjoying himself." And wow. then, Michel Therrien, evil, bad man, villain of the earth, hateful. I think it was him. I assume it, it was him be. because I, I attribute everything bad that happens to Therrien in many ways because that guy's so fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they, they forced them to stop doing the triple low five because they don't love love, apparently. Um, it's not allowed in the cold, bitter north. Yes. Even more tragically. <laughs> it makes you weak and then the wolves can get yes. you. In a similar situation, actually, to Bruce Boudreau, uh, P.K. Subin was traded away from Montreal when Montreal just, like, absolutely fucking lost it because P.K. was, like, such a important member of the community. He I had this really big fundraising thing for the uh, partnership with the children's hospital there. He's, like, they was love this doctor guy. doctor who took out that full-page ad being, like, fuck yes. you for what you did to P.K.? I will never forgive you. Yes. Full-page ad in the Montreal newspaper. Like, just, it's just so good. I mean, not good, but good. Yes. It's the right way to do it. If you're a doctor, use your money like that. Use your money like that. <laughs> Defending P.K. Subban in, in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, P.K. has been doing his little, like, retirement tour, he did a little retirement goodbye in Montreal, which was, I actually appreciate that management set that up because P.K. deserves that, you know? And, like, the, the people of Montreal yes. deserve to have that moment with him because, like, can you imagine it not happening? That would have been so sad and, like, upsetting. No. Um, no, they have to have it that moment. It does feel like the San Louis effect where you're like, oh, things can be nice in yeah. Montreal? Yeah. Interesting. Weird. I guess it's okay now, sometimes. we're sometimes. considering it. For a minute. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, like, in a moment straight out of fan fiction, Carrie Price joins him. When and they do the triple the triple low five and they go off arm in arm. Oh my god! And then they have this whole behind. You guys should see the behind the scenes. Shut up! There's not behind the scenes. There's so many of them. You guys, you guys, it's really bad. Hate you. Okay. (laughs) A. It was so moodily lit too, like aggressive. Why? It's so emotional. Uh, on their way out off the ice, PK says, "Thank you, buddy. I love you so much. Thank you, buddy. I love you so much. Ew, ew." Yeah. Um, and then Carrie's like laughing and he's like, he put a little oomph in the triple low fives too. Um, I have to go put on deodorant. I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and in another scene, they're like talking talking to each other afterwards. PK's wearing his like super cute coat. Carrie Price is wearing his little cowboy hat. Like it's just, they got to stop. And uh, PK says, Thanks, Price. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> It's a good moment. It was. It's pretty cool. I can't wait for yours. Can't wait for yours. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be there. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely be there for that. I'll definitely be there for that. Ew. My face. And then, and then, and then, and then, PK posts up my brother forever. No. Uh, is Instagram post of like the picture of them and it says my brother forever and in this life and the next and it's literally what I was thinking fuck off 
<sighs> yeah, in this Life in the Nest is a, a reference to Paul Korea and Taemu Solani, who like infamously back in the day have like the most legally married romantic each other stuff. And yeah, in in their like little Hall of Fame st- speeches, they just talk about how much they love each other. And one of the things they say is, "We're brothers in this life and the next." And it's very just a wild of Gilgamesh ass thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, I don't even <sighs> love is real and it's out there, and we can see it. And that's really beautiful. I just think it's so special. <laughs> Ouchie. And you know when when a when a beautiful friendship like this is broken up, and and you wonder like, are they going to have that? Because Carrie Price has a harder time, I think, connecting to the guys in the room in general because a lot of her reasons. His he's a goalie. Goalies already have a hard time. His temperament. There's a lot of reasons he's why he's not going to connect he's with everybody, right? Freak. And people are intimidated by him, so they're not going to like bully him into. Yeah, they're also a fun all time. in love with him. Yeah, and, and they're all like really in love with him, him, and it's right. hard. They, yeah. They're all scared of him, so they're not going to bully him into like having a goofy fun time. But PK could always do that, and that's a special relationship. It so it's just it really hurts my fiefs that like they get to still. I I knew they still talked, and whenever they were asked about each other, they were like, "Oh, I just got off the phone with him," or whatever. But I never knew if they were just saying that, you know. I don't know. But no, they weren't just saying that. Despicable. Just like your classic cat and dog pairing somehow. Yes. Yes. Truly, truly a cheetah and its service dog running around the zoo together. PK on fucking national TV being like, I want to see Carrie win a cup. I was like, shut up. We get it. Enough. Guys suck so much. Um, That's my daily crying of happiness. Do that was a good one. I, I don't even... I. I'm like losing my train of thought because I gen- like I genuinely feel so <laughs> emotional about this. We're of the age where the players who we really had that strong connection yeah. to are starting to retire and have these moments and like these these two were really important. And I don't know any of these yeah. new kids. I don't know, I don't know these, know these ones. Thomas Bordelokes. Uh, who are these? I, don't know I can't them. I can't tell them all apart. I'm going to be honest. I don't they look the same. Ugh. I keep thinking Kelly and I were talking the other day about how, like, we still think that Trevor Zegras is, like, the the most yeah. baby that you can be. That is as much baby as I'm willing to accept. But he's not really baby yeah. at this point. He's no. medium baby. I don't like that, personally. Don't like that either. Uh, to distract us from the passing of time, I have a fun <laughs> story about the past. It's about Leandre Saito. Is this the story you wouldn't tell me yes. before? Okay, I'm excited. Uh, I saw this on the internet. Apparently, this is a tweet, and I forgot to write who it's from. I'm so sorry. I will find that information. <laughs> anyway, uh, 3.30 a.m., thinking about how when Leon Dreisaitl was 18 and new to Edmonton, he didn't know how to get somewhere, so he went outside and asked a City of Edmonton snowplow to bring him to his friend's house, and they did. Of course they did. Can I have a catfish po'boy and a raspberry Fanta? This pure, oh, handsome man <laughs> privilege. Off. You are Leon Dreisler. <laughs> you can just do whatever the f- A snowplow? Can I have a ride? Shut up. I, I don't Go even know what to say to that. I love You're it. You're being a parody of yourself, you beautiful bitch. I love him. I just also imagine, like whatever 19 year old Leon Dreisaitl yes. like hunched in the passenger seat of a snowplow and you're like an Edmonton <laughs> city and municipal the snow employee comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Do you try to make conversation with him? Like are you like actually 
ich sprechen a little Deutsch. <laughs> like, what is, what is that? What was that like? What do you do for work, bud? I don't think sprechen is a word, by the way. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not right. <laughs> uh, sprechen. It, the person who tweeted this and was very important to humanity was at Ryan McClowder. Thank you. Ryan. Um, and importantly, it was to Darnell Nurse's house. Um, and they understood Darnell he couldn't understood a house. word of what the entire family was saying oh when he God. went to their house for Blessings. dinner. He didn't understand one single word. Blessings. Blessings. And uh, apparently, I, I didn't see this whole, I haven't, I can't watch the whole interview and remember exactly word for word what Leon says, so I have to just take people's word for it. But apparently, he actually didn't tell the snowplow guy the address. The snowplow guy just knew because it's Edmonton and five people live there. The stories that you get from people who live in Edmonton and are not into hockey are the funniest thing in the world. It's really true. Like my acquaintance who would see Connor McDavid with Pat, not Pat Maroon, but who's the other one? It is Pat. It Maroon. is Pat. Maroon. It was Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon, Maroon. At, yeah. at restaurants when he was his therapy dog. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and Pat Maroon would be like teaching him how to order from a menu without <laughs> losing his mind, and being like, "So you're gonna tell him what kind of bread you want so, the yeah. sandwich right, to be buddy. on, and then they're gonna <laughs> ask you about, you know, what goes inside the sandwich." <laughs> He wants a turkey sandwich, right, buddy? You can say turkey sandwich. <laughs> They're going to ask you if you want it toasted or not. Yep. So think about that, okay? And the snowplow driver is like, I know I have a little emergency map for all you for you kids. <laughs> and because you know they all live in the same neighborhood. Oh, man. Wow. I hate that. Thank you. Uh, the next thing I have on my monologue is another freak. Can we talk about Sidney Crosby's chore monologue? <laughs> Sydney Crosby mm-hmm. going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the middle of a playful mm-hmm. question. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Dan Potash, a media man in Pittsburgh, is asking all these guys in Pittsburgh what their favorite chores were for one of those, you know, videos they make of the team where they ask everyone random questions. And Sydney Crosby's portion uh, is insane. It's so good. Curfew was his choice. Curfew, not but not just that. He uh-huh. says it is curfew, and then he's like, <sighs> "But I really feel like." Stares off into space. He stares, and he looks so sad while he's, he's doing on- this. He's like, "I feel like when my sister was growing up, that the rules changed a little bit, yeah." You know? So okay, yeah, I felt like I felt like it was enforced strict for me, and then it might not have been enforced the same for her. She didn't really have a curfew. It's- I had a curfew. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Sydney? One of the things I love so much about this phase of Sydney, like whatever is happening with it, is all of the repression of his youth. He's like figuring out how to escape it, but like not always appropriately. And it's wonderful. Like he legitimately looks like he thinks he's in his therapist's office as he considers this answer thinks about it really like connects with himself emotionally like he's like i'm not gonna just throw off and i'm really gonna think about this and the answer is my chore of curfew (laughs) and then also by the way dan potash is like oh so did you have trouble coming in on time like were you like kind of implying like were you a bad little boy (laughs) and sydney's just like no (laughs) and sydney's like they were just like real stickers for time i was pretty good about it yeah but it's like, you, what were you doing, time? Sydney? Like, what? I'm, were you out partying? Like, yes, I was. In, I'd been in 15 minutes early, but, but you know, still. the principle of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a fucking weirdo. It's tremendous. He has, like, that 
you know, being in your mid-30s, not giving a uh-huh. rat's ass, but, like, also going through a 14-year-old girl's puberty at the same yes. time. And it's just amazing because he does not have the self-consciousness, but he does have all of the, like, insanity. Look, without making any implications, we can say that many of us have lived through a second queer puberty, and it's not not yes. like this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Sidney Crosby just—he's really—he's bringing me so much joy. There's so many awful boys in the NHL who I have just heavy lifting. Really, yeah. The Pens in general are really doing a lot of heavy lifting for me right now. The character development is just—it's always been there. It's it's my character development. I think I don't think it's the Pens. I think it's me. And it's not just him as he is now. Right. It's him as like he got. It's the whole fucking thing, it's man. The little three D crystal the- of Sydney in space. <laughs> it's Sydney in time space. And then like the other the other things like floating around him in the little sphere exactly. of influence. Just, oh, <laughs> so, so great! I love it. What a gift. Our next thing is also penguins related. It is Joseph on Joseph crime. So the Ottawa Senators played the Pittsburgh Penguins recently, and this is very fun because they had recently played each other again, but one of the Josephs was being disciplined for other things. Or whatever. Crap. Being too um, handsome, for probably. Being, being too, handsome too handsome crimes. Crimes of handsomeness. You know, real cutie pie. And we were like, oh no, but the brothers won't get to play against each other, but they play again in a week, and that has happened, and they did play against each other. And not only that, but um, high-sticking, high-sticking call against both of them. They both went to the box at the same time. Uh, the camera cuts to their parents. This is a perfect <laughs> shot. If you have not seen it, uh, uh, it's important. One of them is wearing the Sens jersey, the other's wearing the Pens jersey, and... They're both just like, why at God? Like, they, they're both laughing. They're it's, hands to the, the hands heavens. are up. It's fully like, who bites? <laughs> who yells? <laughs> like, those are my kids, I guess. <laughs> who does that? Who raised you is really the implication, oh, especially like, oh. in like the dad's face of like, wh- wh- why? <laughs> what are you guys doing? You guys. I think my favorite part of this, though, is that actually this is like true youngest sibling energy. <laughs> Because the videos really exonerate Mathieu Joseph and really show that <laughs> it is Pierre-Olivier Joseph who was the crime and the criminal. The uh, but yet they were both punished. I'm just saying as an oldest sibling. Interesting. You know? <laughs> happens all the time. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. the part mm-hmm. of that that really hurt my feelings was the story that came out yes. about three-year-old Mathieu hearing that he had a baby brother and showing up oh, by the crib dragging two little mini hockey sticks being like so when so, all right so he's going to baby fucking game <laughs> let's go strap on your skates baby yep their mom said that she has a memory of 27 month old Matthew <sighs> with two mini sticks in his hand next to a 3 day old PO disappointed that he would he'd realize he had to wait a little this longer baby sucks. for him <laughs> to not play even with done. him <laughs> ouchie <laughs> Human babies do come out kind of raw. Though. They're pretty uncooked. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I I liked just seeing this. I, the the camera shot to the crowd to the parents was just yes. so good and sad. It made me think of when I was uh, watching the Chicago game where Ovi got his 800th goal, and we were sitting like couple of rows back from the glass and we could see the camera guy who was like down in his little spot and at one point we noticed that like he had like a sheet he was looking at 
And it was, I looked at it and you could see it was like, it said like lookalikes and it's for when the camera like pops up to something like, and so he was kind of like looking around to see who he was supposed to be finding. And I just saw him at one point, like find someone from his sheet, look up and he just started laughing. (laughs) So I'm just like imagining a very good day for this camera person to you just being like, yes, yes, yes. We did it. It does remind me of a less fun one, but also made me laugh, which was the camera person who found the PD parents in the upper bowl in Vancouver, like not in the, you know, where the family sit, like just in the upper bowl. And his dad's expression was pretty bleak. Uh, But it was just it was it was nice to see. I do like to see when the expressions are are mimicked on the faces, you know, like different when you see like Nikki's dad, for example, Uh and how expressionless that was the same kind of vibe. (laughs) I do like seeing that similarity where it's like, oh, yeah, you make a lot of expression with just your eyeball. twitching. (laughs) Nothing else is moving. (laughs) But uh, both Joseph's parents were like full face emojis. It was wonderful. I liked it. Um, it was also just like a nice little one second portrait of a marriage where you're just like, these are people having fun with yeah. each other and with their kids. And that's really nice. I like that. Okay. So the next thing. All right. If you know hockey, you know that there's this controversy. You've already heard about it. But I, I would actually rather talk about the things surrounding it that I think don't get as much talk than would actually, you know, I don't really want to talk as much about Provorov of the Flyers being a fucking dick and everyone in the locker room hating him, although that is funny and true. Uh, they do all hate him. It is pretty funny. Yeah, apparently. That, that's, that's been going around <laughs> for a while that everyone hates him in the locker room. Oh, yeah, apparently he's locker room poison. Oh, yeah, Nobody likes time. him. But what I do think is important to talk about is that him being a dick came out of something that was good that they did. So on Pride Night, most teams just have, like, optional Pride tape that you can just whip around on your stick and just, like, put on there and like, woo, we did it, gay. Um, <laughs> and then you like go on back and you put on your regular tape and you go. So everyone knows you're not gay. You're not because gay. Because if you kept it on, that would you be might gay. be gay. Although uh, legally, legally, it's binding. Yeah. You do I have to suck a dick. You have to yeah. suck a dick afterwards. And so yeah. both Tom Wilson and Nick Dowd, who's stick, <laughs> they, they kept it on during the game. Um, they were like, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so that, that's normally what it's done. Uh, but JVR and Scott Lawton both pushed to have them wear the wear, wear jerseys during warm up, wearing like pride. I always love those pride jerseys, jerseys with the rainbow numbers. Yeah, and like they pushed to having them actually wear the jerseys, which again, it's all tokenism, stupid shit. But like, it is more than other teams do. Other teams are just like wear have some tape. So the only reason why this stupid shit happened was because they did a good thing to start with. Like this wouldn't have been exposed if it was just the tape situation. He would have just gone out to warm up. Provorov would have just gone out for warm-up in regular tape and no one would have said anything about it. Um, so I just think that we should pay more attention in general to Scott Lawton and uh, JVR because I like that they are doing one thing. No. You Scott know, Lawton's been on it for a while. Small thing, but like. they're doing a thing. Is Scott Lawton married? Because he has yeah. extreme bi-wife energy. I don't know if he has a bi-wife. I don't or know if the he situation, but I know it was like Tort said, like he he knows a lot about it because of his family, which implies like a gay sister. Gay like family. <laughs> the whole family is gay. That, gay. That's how hey. it read to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but. That is a nice one nice thing is that the two of them are really doing a lot. And I also really kind of loved the side eye. I forget which one of them said it afterwards where they were like, yeah, I saw that he did that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's really important. I, I, I liked how they just they kind of yeah. gave him the attention he deserved, which was very little. Hmm. I do feel like because we are 
when when it's a player we like, we we tend to talk a little more about the structural context in which their shitty behavior takes yeah. place. So we should say that we should abolish all churches. Yeah. <laughs> that there we go would help it a would. lot. I do so much. Uh, and and the Russian Orthodox Church is certainly like any like so many others a it's hot a spicy bed. meatball. It's a spicy saucy meatball of misogyny and homophobia. Uh, none of which, you know, Jesus would have really been into, but, uh... Clowned with, I don't think, yeah. Not down to clown. In my, in my opinion, as a religious scholar... In my opinion, that guy seemed gay, okay? Like a bisexual socialist to me. Uh, but anyway, so we should, there, there's a lot of indoctrination, I think, that especially the, the, the Russian guys have. Like, we have a level of cultural homophobia in the U.S. that is its own thing. But we don't have, like, story. mainstream sources being like, yeah, the reason that gay people are on TV is because they want to turn your babies gay so they can have sex with them while they're babies. Like, that, that's, like, that would be a, a fringe politician. And unfortunately, there are becoming those. They, like, are, they are certainly coming, back coming out Vogue. of the woodwork, aren't they? Uh, but, but yeah, it is, you it is like less legislative. You, you need a special yeah. app, at least. <laughs> it, is, it is less, it is less uh, like embedded into the constitution right. and that doesn't make it okay and it doesn't no. make it okay when Obi no, does it's all it, bullshit. it doesn't make it okay when anybody does it it's just sucks no. but i mean many of the other you know russian players who i am sure have similar beliefs you know they also kind of have learned that like there's going to be some like blowback at some point you just kind of have to be like and you he you got put in a position where he couldn't do along which i think is like good fine let's do that it's like the Ilya kovalchuk had the same thing happen where it's like oh okay well (laughs) and i don't know maybe it's just because i'm old and tired and cranky and i'm just like all right that guy sucked yeah like that doesn't really shock me a whole lot it sucks and like now everybody knows he sucks so like oh well yeah yeah as I have often said, until Koozie says a slur, he's going to be my favorite. And someday he might just say a slur and we'll just, well, I'll have to cope with that. And then we'll pick a new one and it'll be fine. We all know the truth, which is every hockey man is probably They suck. Horrible. They're the worst. We know this. Except Scott Lawton. Except for maybe a like, couple Like, you know, yes. Like, they're just, they're going to keep sprouting up like gross little mushrooms that we got to stamp down with our gay little feet. And the gay and feet are getting more and more and more numerous. So I'm yep. just like, okay, exactly. you know what? Yeah, I got, I got time. We I'll can rest our down. old feet, and the young people will stamp with their gay little feet. Hooray! Yeah, I did also want to highlight unexpected uh, queer ally Mike Richards. Uh, unexpected? I know it's it's 100 percent expected. <laughs> I, I just it's unexpected for any hockey to be a queer ally. To be honest, it's unexpected yeah, yeah. for him to do anything. Is yeah, 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 It's always a fun surprise. Yeah, or for Mike Richards to do anything. or yeah, just do to anything. Appear. That's I think the surprise. Yes. Yeah, it is truly just he was going around the internet liking tweets like the following one from Pierre LeBrun. But Provorov obviously does not respect everyone. If he did respect everyone, he would have taken and worn the Pride Night jersey. Don't hide behind a religion. Uh, so, and Mike Richards boom. said. Heart. Heart. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Which I like. That's oh, nice. to live in my cabin on the lake and just the only public statements I issue are one tweet like per year. I did That's it. enough allyship <laughs> for today. Politics. <laughs> and he did. He did that. He set his bar <laughs> on the absolute forest floor and said, when I emerge once per <laughs> celestial year. I'm going to hippity hop over this stick. Then you will know. I really fucking mean it. I mean it. 
Yeah. Uh, that's nice. Good for him. <laughs> also, like, I think I could beat up Ivan Provorov. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I could do it. I would love to see so, it. So, like, what do I care what he thinks? <laughs> <laughs> there are a few NHL players I think I could beat up, and I don't I don't know. I don't know Ivan Provorov physically enough to know if he's one of them, but I could if not you point say him out. So. He uh, seems to have moral cowardice, and True. that's all I need. I can get in there. True. Yeah, honestly, I would kind of bet on Eva in most situations. It's true. There aren't a lot of physical fights where I would not put my money on Eva. <laughs> <laughs> because there's like a stealth rage that like appears. Yes, the, cla- know, the cloud of barbed wire that would just burst <laughs> out of your body like an X-Man at the right moment would be unbeatable. It does do that. Especially if it was like at a bar after he insulted Ooh. one of your friends and then, then it would be over for him, you know? Yikes. Oh, buddy. <laughs> that would almost be... Almost be a little unfair to him, but I'd still don't let her have a drink first. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. That's not right. Okay, let's just erase our little brains, Zoop. And I want to talk about a little video I watched on the internet um, that really made me appreciate Austin Matthews. I hate this about me. I hate it. It's really bad. It's one thing to be strom pilled. I like it. It's another thing to be like Austin Matthews is soothing me by his behavior. That's not right. Uh, what happened is that our friend from college, Steve Dangle, he's not actually a friend from college, but, but spiritually, is. isn't he, mm-hmm. um, played Pictionary with many players, one of which was Austin Matthews. And we watched this video the other day. It was so nice. He clearly had a nice time. At the end, Austin Matthews was, was like, that was so much fun. In the most <laughs> genuine term with his little earring dangling. His, his little suit that fits. His Virgo energy was off oh, the charts. Yes. I had to Google to double check he was, in fact, a Virgo because I was like, this is outrageous. Yes. It's the exact right amount of detail, as Kelly said. Like, this is how you draw for, like, a second grade class. Like, it, yes. it's, it's it's not the rookie mistake people make in Pictionary trying to be too good, trying to be too detailed. It takes too long. Nobody knows what it is. He really keeps it simple. Stupid. And he did a good job. I mean, she said soup. Like, yeah, it is soup. Tough. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to draw a chicken tortilla soup, so. <laughs> <laughs> so that means I got it. I just think there's something really nice about how when you take Austin out of, like, out of situ, where he's not, like, thin is. <laughs> I'm in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of met, out of the metaverse. You take him out of the metaverse. You yeah. see him in real life. Yeah, and then like put him into a real situation, often with like another another hockey player or person. He adapts so well. It's fascinating. I'm thinking of when he's around Phil Kessel. Yeah, or Jonathan I'm Taves. Thinking of when he did the Jonathan Taves tape, and he was just absolutely melting down into like fear and horny panic because he wanted to like impress him and kiss him so Freddie much. Freddie Anderson, or, same like, thing. Freddie Anderson, yeah, and being like. I learned how to sit down for like a week because Freddie was making me. It's just, it's fascinating to me that he is such a douche when you like let him be, but you put him in with a little bit of guidance and he is very coachable in some ways. I think he craves being one of the boys in like a very kind of, I don't, I'm not going to stand by this, but my first instinct was to say. You want someone to tell him what to do. Yeah. Like, it's a very kind of, like, American college boy kind of thing where it's, like, 
They're so toxic. But then, like, if you get them involved in some harmless activity, they can channel all that same enthusiasm and toxicity into, like, a game where they gently toss a water bottle underhand into each other's crotches. And that's, they will be as joyful about that as they were about whatever shitty thing they were doing before. And that's kind of like, if you give him a little toy, give him a little something, a little game to play. Yeah. But I also think that it's very interesting that all of these, like, people that make him behave normal are definitely people that seem to be they could be like okay yeah all sure. right and being like you're gonna do your austin thing okay yeah. i'm gonna be sitting by the pool <laughs> if you want to come have a burger with me uncle phil so when you're ready that's where i'm gonna be deuces i didn't hear anything you said in the last half an hour <laughs> bye yeah i am not listening i have got my airpods in and i am listening to sounds of the sea um so <laughs> It's beautiful. I think it takes the pressure off yes. of him for when he's just like, no, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna fall into that whole thing. They're gonna do their thing, and you're gonna have to respond like a normal boy in in, in kind. And he may or may not. And it's beautiful. And it's okay. Yeah, that felt really nice. I liked it. I did nice. not realize that he had also played Pictionary with Kale McCarr. I would really yes, like to watch. Yes, he also played Pictionary with Kale McCarr. Kale, Kale McCarr was McCarr very bad, bad at it. Yes, I think he, he was would... very bad at it. He cares too much. He cares too much. Ooh, that's nice. And he was also given some very hard prompts, and he's just not as good of a drawer. Generally speaking, Austin Matthews is able to see shapes and reproduce the shapes, which is what you do when you draw for second graders. <laughs> you see shapes, you reproduce them. Um, Kale McCarr gets too caught up on the details, uh-huh. and it gets yeah. it's too much. He had to, but he also had to draw Calgary Stampede, and that's too hard. Okay, what? But there's also a lot of things like that with Austin Matthews where. They were able to kind of translate it okay. But he had a lot of very hard ones. Kale McCarr. Poor Kale McCarr. He did not seem to be having as much of a fun time. Poor guy. That would be me. I would not enjoy that. It's because he wants to get an A in Pictionary. No, if they make you do something that you're bad at and you know you're bad at it and then you are bad at it, that's the worst thing for a little Kale McCarr to have to do in public. And it's supposed to be fun. It's extremely making Ovi play Guess Who. Except <laughs> that Kale McCarr didn't have his little Nicholas Backstrom to like jolly him out of his sulks. Yes. No, he had to just suffer through that. I feel for Kale McCarr here. I can't mm. see or reproduce shapes. <laughs> I get caught up in the details. I'm bad at Pictionary and then I get mad about it. So, you know, it's hard out there for, for us sometimes. <laughs> So, uh, no idea how I'm gonna draw this. I can't use letters or anything, right? Obviously. Oh no, that's a really bad. A sombrero? 10 seconds left. This is so bad. I don't know how to even draw a horse. Is it done? It's done. Okay. Can I say it? Yes. Calgary Stampede. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I was like, I don't know how to do a cowboy hat. And I know this is a series, so I can't wait to see who in the future will be playing Pictionary. Great. Who who would you most like to Ooh. watch play Pictionary? Well, for a meltdown, Ovi. I want to see him. Yeah. <gasps> Gino! Uh, Gino! Yeah. I would sell That's a horror movie. That. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see Gino drawing and Sid guessing. That- I want that to be like dinner theater yes. at his restaurant. Yes. Yeah, at the prison restaurant. Lock him in and do Pictionary. Yes. I want them to play as a team versus Claude Giroux and a senator of his choice. <laughs> Evil. Because Claude Giroux would not be taking this shit seriously. No. But him all. and Maddie Kachuk are still going to be able to guess every single time. Do you mean Brady? I don't know. Which one is it? I don't <laughs> Brady's care. Brady's in the sense. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> 
The Tachuk. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I do have one piece of Kachuk news that I haven't been able to work in here, but I'm going to now. Uh, it's a quote, Matthew Kachuk on pissing people off. I think that's one of the reasons I'm here on this earth. You think? On this earth was from me. Yeah. Uh, but it is. I just love that he was like, this is my purpose and my existence. So yes. think about that. And it's nice to know it. Good to know your dharma, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good to be where you know you're appreciated and seen and you can thrive as yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just hope your team gets better, bud. <laughs> or not. It's fine. Or not. You know, live, laugh. Actually, don't Which hope ever. they I hope they get better because they don't have any draft picks. Jesus Christ. And oh my God, I forgot this. In the, It was maybe the last podcast we talked about how the panthers don't have their first round draft pick and i think i said oh yeah but it's probably top 10 protected it's not it is not top 10 protected meaning meaning if they get the number one pick because they miss the playoffs they don't get it back they gave away their number one their top first round pick because they thought they were going to make the playoffs and thus have one of the shittier picks which is when you get rid of your picks that's the only time it's okay to get rid of a first round pick you always put in top 10 uh, protection because you're not stupid like unless you are if you have (laughs) the way it works is you put in top 10 protection you say if we by some chance miss the playoffs we get a top 10 pick we get that pick and you get our first next year that's how it normally works. But these motherfucking idiots decided not to put in top 10 protection, which is tempting fate. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I like when I heard this in a podcast, I was getting into my car and I literally shouted like out loud with my voice. I was just like, what? <laughs> At 6 a.m. outside, I said, what? Because I still I'm still in shock about this, you guys. Wow. I hope some of you guys listening understood my reaction to that because I feel like people are not taking this seriously enough. It's such an important fact. I can see that it's big. Yeah, same. If you have played... I was going to say, this is a GM problem. This is a woman who has GM'd many hours on NHL 22. It's true. And she is upset. And the rest of us are like, that sounds like a number. I don't want it. Okay. That's really... I just, that sounds stressful. I know the difference. I don't think they should do no, that. No, seems bad. The difference between a top three pick <laughs> and number fucking 18 is so crazy. For years, as you know, because you've GM'd for many decades Always. into the oh, future, yeah. so you really know did, how it reverberates. I, I GM'd until Seen all the players were computer-generated. It's true. <laughs> okay. Eva, how matter. did you want to end us? Oh, um... Take it home. This was a Twitter thread I saw, and it said, this is the most Bo Bennett sequence of events I've ever seen. And it's a series of tweets from Bo Bennett uh, from earlier uh, in January. First one said, about to go snowboarding for the first time since I was eight years old. I hope the snow is soft. The Pittsburgh Penguins account replied and said, be careful out there. Uh, update, I need need surgery now. <laughs> then he replied to that, everything hurts. Then he replied to that, and wrist surgery now. <laughs> So then this person quote tweeted it, OT Sally, at OT Sally on Twitter. They said, this is the most Bo Bennett sequence of events I've ever seen. And then Bo Bennett quote tweeted that and said, update, pretty sure I have COVID again too. <laughs> oh no. It's not funny, but it was just so slapstick. I, it just, it, the unfurling of the tail that just kept going. <sighs> you know, again, we see hockey's being their true selves. And I think that's special. I always think that we're stereotyping them too hard and like they're probably nothing like that until they do something that just completely... They're more of a joke. (laughs) If anything, it's worse. Yeah. 
dumb it down a little, ladies. <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. God bless Bo Bennett. Heal soon. Yeah, feel, get better soon from one of those things. <laughs> like from one, one or two. Oh boy. And then maybe stay inside for a while. Ugh. That's all from us for now. Thank you to our producers, Danielle and Laura. Thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for our theme music and to Kay Wilson for our cover art. We will see you in two weeks. I've been Kelly. I'm Eva. And I'm Rave. And, and we I don't it. have a tag. I was trying to think of a quote that they we said earlier. No, I don't got no, nothing. I, I can't stop thinking about that fucking top 10 pick. I, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Can you imagine if they got Connor Bedard? Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <sighs> But, you know, I'm glad this haunts you because it means that your work will continue to be impeccable. Thank you. You would never <laughs> let something like this happen. Certainly not during this draft. Jesus Christ. <laughs>